Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers. We hope that this podcast will inspire you to either start growing your own food or to help develop your existing food growing empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And I'm Andy from Urban Herbs. In this episode of the Food Grower Podcast, myself and Chris are talking about the cost of living crisis. It's a podcast that we both spontaneously decided that actually it was really, really important to talk about and something that is really, really important to talk about now because we know that so many of you, like ourselves, are really, really being hit by the cost of, well, everything rising. Mm. First of all, Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you very much. Um, I've had a little move, so I'm uh, in a new office, a new space, and having to really think about these things that we're going to be talking about today. How about you? Well, like you, a time of change. Um, the season at Urban Herbs is coming to an end as we mm. record this. And it's a time, actually, when you start to take stock, isn't it? Yeah. I, I can see that you're taking stock from all the stuff that you've moved in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite out of shot, is it? But no, yeah, there's lots of boxes around. So I think that actually it's a very, very important message. And this is something that me and you both jumped on Zoom this morning to record this podcast mm. and to actually talk on something that is really, really important to so many people. Yeah. And it, it's... The trouble is, it's it's everywhere, isn't it? We can't escape it. Um, it's in the news every day. It's it, it, on every social media app we're, we're on. So I think we, we had to talk about it, but we wanted to talk about it from a, a bit of a positive spin, but also an understanding one in that this is hitting everyone from people running businesses to people who have jobs, to people who are uh, mothers and fathers, to just even even kids living under their parents' roofs or having to go and do that again. So yeah, it's, it's hitting everyone. Um, and it's not going to be, I think 
sometimes it's easier to brush it under the carpet when it's the summer and you can do cheap things outside and you can save without really noticing that you're saving. Um, but I think it's going to be a bit harder come the next couple of months. I mean, it always already feels cold. We had three frosts in September, um, which is mad. So yeah, it does feel cold already. And I think that, as you say, Chris, it's really, really important to keep things very, very positive, but also not sit here in cloud cuckoo land talking mm. about everything as though it's rosy in the garden, as it were, yeah. because it's really not for so many people. And the example that I keep giving is that where I live, our energy was on a fi fixed price deal, about £130 a month. And to renew that, we would have to commit to spending £395 a month. Mm which breaking news, I'd have to sell a lot more herbs to actually afford that. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess you have to look for alternatives. And as you say, we want to keep it really positive. So we've acknowledged the negativity. Mm -hmm. Shall we try and do a challenge for the next for the next few minutes? Shall we stay completely positive and solution focused? Yeah, why not? I mean, on this podcast, that's normally the case anyway. So I don't think it's too much of a challenge for us, but we can certainly try. I'm warm enough. <laughs> uh, well, we've actually, I believe that you've got some suggestions, Chris, about some really practical suggestions about how people can actually save some money. Yeah. And I really want to get straight into that. And I think, because I think you've been working on a little bit of a plan to actually help people who might be struggling at this time. Yeah, definitely. So the idea came from exactly what we're talking about. Um, and I've been fleshing it out into um, actually a full course that will be going into the Food Grower Academy. But the first point of this is that I've been coming up with five different vegetable plants to grow throughout next year that will save you an, an awful lot of money. And I think when I've got the figures here and I'm happy to go through them, but I think they, they will surprise you just how much you can save. Um, obviously in the course, we'll go into this a lot more and talk about how to grow those and how to look after them and the ways to do that with cost saving. But I think it, it would be worth going through some of those, um, and looking at how much you probably would spend if you're eating healthily as a family of maybe four, um, and how much you can save doing that. Okay. So I think people listening to this are going to be taking notes because <laughs> I, I'm certainly going to be writing these down. Um, do you really think that we can save money by doing this? Yeah, 100%. Now, the, when I say save money, because this is where people struggle when they go, well, I can grow my own veg. I need to scale that into a business. What they don't scale in is time. And I'm not scaling in time into this. So when you say saved money, if you have a very high paid job, it might benefit to actually just uh, go and do some work and then you will save more money. But that's not what we're looking at here. We're looking at growing some of your own food, getting your hands dirty in the soil, having activity outside. It's really good for mental health. Um, and there's a load of other benefits, but a hundred percent you can save money, but there are a lots of different companies and especially garden centers, brilliant places. Some of my best weekends are spent at them, but they will suck money out of your wallet quite easily. And actually there are very easy cost-saving ways to grow food. So you can grow food and make a loss quite easily by going around garden centers, buying the nice blueberry plant plug, um, buying a nice ceramic pot, buying the pot feet that you definitely need because you haven't got some pebbles, <laughs> um, and then buying the feed and then buying this and that and the frost protection. But all of that stuff can be found around your house or around your garden, around a friends, all those things. So I genuinely believe you can save an awful lot of money. 
Well, as I say, I'm going to be taking notes and I think so is everybody else listening to this, looking at their <laughs> bank balances at the moment. So, Chris, what, what have you been working on? How can people do this? So I'm going to give you five crops. In fact, I'm going to give you six as a bonus one at the end. But the first one, and when the, when the war finished, kale became massively, the Second World War, massively popular because genuinely it's believed by scientists that you can survive on kale and potatoes. Between those two, they have enough nutrients. That is absolutely amazing. Some of, <laughs> some of you who've listened to this podcast will know that I'm a bit of a history buff. And I'm going to make a confession. I thought that kale was a bit of a hipster kind of <laughs> noughties kind of obsession. So what you're saying is actually after the Second World War, kale... It was really, really popular. So if you speak to your grandparents, if they're around in that time, they will remember kale being a sort of, not as it is now, this sort of hipster food that goes in the smoothie. Um, it was either staple or it was considered cheap. So you, if you bought it from a market or even a supermarket back then, it was really cheap. Um, because here's a secret that <laughs> I'm going to upset loads of our previous guests now, but here's a secret market gardeners, farmers, and people who grow this for a living don't want you to know. It's really easy to grow and it grows a <laughs> long time through the year. So um, on the farm, we could grow it 11 months of the year and push it to 12 if we wanted to give up a bit of protected space. But it's easy to grow and it's very, very full of nutrients. That's why people are making kale powders or putting it into smoothies because it is super, super full of about, I think it's A, K and D vitamins now don't quote me on that because i'm not a scientist i don't know for sure but it has a lot of the vitamins you need and there was yeah studies to say that kale and potatoes you could survive on forever so it, it's a mad one to think that we've pushed it out of our diet a bit or that it's a bit of a, a hipster thing the other thing as well to remember is that when i say kale there are loads of varieties within that so we grow three different types we grow curly kale uh, we grow cavolo nero which is like a an a, a darker, longer, thinner type, but different consistency, different flavor. And we grow red kale or red Russian kale, um, which again can be grown as small leaf or big leaf. So there's varieties, there's slightly different flavors, and you can grow it with different intentions in mind. So I'm not just saying cabbage is a boiled thing on a Sunday roast. I'm saying like there's 10, 20, 100 different types of cabbage and they can be cooked in a different way. So kale is definitely one of them. Now we eat kale a lot here now. Um, and I've worked out my sums on having kale twice a week for a family of four because of all those vitamins. Um, and so that works out remembering that all of this, if you grow it yourself will basically be organic. Um, that works at about three pound 40 a week. You'd be spending a pack of seeds to cover you for a year of kale is 99 P from premier seeds direct, which is a big favorite that me and Jack talk about a lot. I've worked wow. out you need about six plants to keep you through the year. Um, and that means six plants at any one time. So you may need to do a bit of succession planting, bring three on, bring three on a little bit later and rotate that through the year, if that makes sense. So do three, <clears throat> maybe in February, March, bring them up inside, do another three at the end of March. And then when the first three are sort of coming to an end, have pots ready to go back in so that you're going to get that for a good. And I've put that in at 10 months of the year for someone who's not grown it before. I think 10 months is really achievable. And is it quite easy to germinate? Cause um, I know that I've certainly grown the curly kale. 
mm. but from direct sewing into the ground. And when you're sewing it into modules, say on the windowsill, do you have good success in terms of that germination rate? Hundred percent. Um, not not hundred percent germination. I'm nearly there, <laughs> um, but hundred percent in that it is. It's a quite an easy one to germinate. I wouldn't direct seed it, and the real reason I say that is because we're all limited for space these days. So we want to know that the space that we are going to have is going to be successful. Um, so I would be putting it into smaller amounts of compost, getting it to a certain size, then putting it into a pot, and then taking it on. That also allows us to spread the season a bit out out a bit more if you're going straight into the ground you want kale in sort of april may and you're going straight into the ground in march there's a good chance it won't germinate won't go on and you won't have a backup ready to go in there so i'm always yeah pretty much everything on the on on my list in fact almost every single plant other than carrots parsnips and radishes do i grow in modules first or grow in little pots on the windowsill and then plant out um so yeah seed 99p and and also the good thing about that is you do get a couple of hundred seeds in there which you won't need them all so you can put a good five or six seeds in and it's really difficult not to because kale seeds are tiny um put a couple in if two come up brilliant you've got two out of that and you you just let them grow up a little bit bigger and then pick out the one that's the weakest um so you've got a higher germination rate just purely because you're giving yourself more chance Actually, one thing I'd add to that, Chris, is that um, for anybody listening who, you know, let's be honest, um, if it's anything like our house, um, we're quite good at losing packs of seeds or dropping <laughs> them. Or, And what we've actually started to do this year is that basically my parents have, uh, in their mid-60s, they've actually bought their first house or their first mm. proper house. And so they've got a bit of space to play with. And what's really, really cool is that they've actually developed their own vegetable garden. And we've kind of teamed up with them. So my dad has bulk sown tomatoes mm -hmm. and then given us the plug plants to grow on. Um, we grew a load of salad herbs, which we then gave them to sow on. So I guess we kind of became a bit of a, a growing cooperative within our family. Yes. And I think for anybody listening to this, actually, that's a really cool idea that actually, if you've got your pack of um, curly kale, 99 pence, more seeds than you really need, why not sow a load more and then give them to your friends to grow on as well? Because, you know, probably the way that things are going, we do need to work together a little bit and yeah. uh, encourage your friends to grow something in return. It's a really cool little thing to bring people together as well, isn't it? It is. And, and in that light, you could knock on a couple of doors. If you were to be a collective of people doing this together, then two people might have grown tomatoes really successful last year and another person might have been really good at salad and you can stick to what you're all good at and 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 trade it each week sort of create a veg box from three or four of you on a street there's loads of ways of looking at doing it and it's quite exciting i think actually i'm just looking at the um kale seeds i think they're in the the late hundreds from a 99p pack so you're gonna have loads um so yeah definitely share those out Premier Seeds Direct, we're giving you a nice little shout out there. <laughs> yeah. Just email us, you know, we're always open to offers. <laughs> We've got to keep the heating on. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they're, they're much, much, um, much, much more affordable. And that's, again, where garden centres are amazing. You go and you've got this lovely stand and each each packet has a beautiful picture of the thing and it makes you want it. These come in small foil packets, nothing special, but the seeds are great and their germination is great. So, um, 
Now, what I've done in terms of looking at each of these crops is assumed that you don't have any soil at all, because I know there'll be people listening with just a balcony, um, with a little bit of decking, with a garden that's all made of gravel, um, or they could they could have a big garden or a veg patch. So the cost of this will actually come down if you have an existing veg patch. Absolutely. If it doesn't, realistically, six plants could be grown in two grow bags with kale. Now you are looking at feeding those grow bags and topping them up, but we'll talk a bit later about how you can do that for completely nothing. Um, so realistically two grow bags is eight quid um, or about eight quids worth of compost. So you've put nine quid grown and, and time and effort of course, but for nine quid you're growing kale for 10 months of the year. So I've worked that out at being if it's £147 to buy that twice a week for 10 months of the year, that's 138 quid saved on one crop. And I promise you, you'll be a far sight healthier. Um, you can also make crisps out of kale. I didn't say that because that's not healthy, but they are delicious. Yes, I discovered <laughs> kale crisps recently and they are absolutely amazing. It's like, again, it sounds like a hipster thing, doesn't it? But they are unbelievable. Lay them all out. Loads of this is the unhealthy bit. Loads of salt, loads of garlic, and some chili flakes for me. And uh, yeah, bake them, and they're incredible. Go free crisps. That should be the title of the podcast. <laughs> I feel a bit of research coming on, Chris. Yeah. So that's kale. Now my next one is very similar, so I won't go into too much detail. But ch rainbow chard again used to be hugely popular. It used to be just chard, and it was grown as the green and the white one, which doesn't look that appetising. Rainbow chard I wanted to bring up because again has slightly different um, nutrients. It can. I'm definitely eating it twice a week because for one meal a week I have it breakfast, and it's amazing with a bit of salt and garlic with a with a boiled egg. And then it's definitely going into a dinner and you can put it into anything, chuck it into curries, make it the base of like an actual veg on the side. It has the leaf and the stem, which are two different things, can be grow, uh, eaten in two different ways. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, an amazing vegetable. The other thing and the reason I really bring it up is that if you do have a garden, it looks absolutely stunning anywhere because the cullens are so vibrant and you can put two or three plants scattered amongst flower beds and they do not look out of place. It looks decorative. So if you do have space, um, a garden, so to speak, or even a parent's garden, then you can put it anywhere. They're not even going to notice that it's not a flower. And then you go in and cut it and eat it. It's going to blow their minds. Again, 99p for a pack of seeds, which will last you the year. Again, eight pound in grow bags to do six plants for the year. Um, 148 quid to eat it for 10 months of the year, nine pounds to grow it, 139 pounds saved. I sound like my, I feel like Martin's money tips now when I say it like that. <laughs> I feel like there's another spin off coming here, Chris. Uh, you're building yourself a little uh, breakaway career here. <laughs> um, I'm really, I've got to say as well, the rainbow chard, it really, really does look gorgeous. For those people who haven't actually seen it, the colours are so vibrant and because it goes on a little bit later into the year and it's you know it's good early in the year actually it provides colour when there's not a lot of other colour in the kitchen garden area yes um i love this, the fact that we, we did a flower show years ago and we sold out of herbs basically and we were so desperate for stock that i just put some rainbow chard plants out on the stand and they were the hit of the show 
Yeah, they're so stunning, man. They really are. And something I didn't know, but actually the roots of the different coloured rainbow chard plants are the same colour as the plant, which what? is stunning. So when you pull a plug plant up out of, say, your seed tray, and it's one of those like electric pink rainbow chard plants, the roots are like almost an electric pink colour. And it really is amazing. It really is something special. We are absolutely delighted to tell you that the Food Grower podcast team have now launched the brilliant Food Grower Academy. We genuinely believe that growing your own food just got easier. Food Grower Academy is a complete set of resources for food growers of any size, from those that want to grow for them and their family, for local allotments or communities looking to feed themselves, to food growing businesses or small farms that want to feed the local area. It is a membership that provides in-depth, practical training and resources on all aspects of food growing, plus the community support you need to achieve your food growing goals. Have a look at what the membership includes, Find out whether it's for you and join us over at academy.foodgrower.co.uk. That's academy.foodgrower.co.uk. We are delighted to have partnered on the Food Grower podcast with React Tools. React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter and the Iconoclast Tilther across the world and been envious of growers with access to them. Well, now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's reagtools.co.uk. So the third crop I wanted to talk about today is is one that we eat almost the year round and it varies different like with the different seasons, which is quite cool. But you can grow it sort of 10, 11 months of the year or longer if you move indoors, but it's lettuce or salad. Um, and I don't know if you get through nearly as much as we do, but it's an expensive game if you're buying it from a supermarket. Absolutely. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world, isn't it? I don't know why it really grinds <laughs> my gears just having to buy it or if you have to buy a bag of it and looking at the date and trying to calculate how many lunches that's going to do and everything about it grinds my gears the packaging the fact it's going to go off Mm. and you know it often results in me just not eating salad so yeah i think growing it is is a fantastic idea yeah and i mean it's got more and more expensive and it's almost like so a good like bag of salad these days i mean if you're going organic it's a bit more expensive but like one pound 50 for a bag of salad which essentially will do a meal for four or a lunch for four um that twice a week is three quid you have to visit the shop twice to be able to get that because you've got two to three days on a salad bag anyway before it gets that sort of grimy water in the bottom and the leaves start going brown and then the <laughs> you forget about it and then your fridge smells you're like i'm sure i threw that meat out and it's like <laughs> the salad in the back of it um, but just to put that into perspective, over 10 months, you could be spending 130 quid just on salad, which is wow. mad. Um, and it's one of these, I'm going to go out there. I think it's the easiest vegetable or yeah, crop to grow two troughs outside the back door, um, or on the balcony. 
seed, I reckon a little bit more expensive on the seed this year because you do go through a lot of the seed. So um, with this crop, £5 for the seed, £5 for the compost. Doesn't have to be particularly high in nutrients. Costs £10 to grow your salad. My maths was never that strong, but that sounds like you're saving quite a lot of money. Yeah, about 120 quid if you do eat salad that often. And realistically, we all should be. Um, because when I go out for a meal, I'm not ordering a salad. I'm ordering a burger and chips, obviously. So (laughs) let's eat salad at home. So it's a huge saving and it's something that's so easy to grow. And it's something that's a lot more exciting when you do start to grow it yourself, because I don't know about you, but I was, before I started growing food, I was one to grab that, um, one pound 50 iceberg lettuce Caesar salad pack that had a little bit of Caesar salad dressing, those horrible little flakes of Parmesan. Um, and iceberg lettuce was the one. And then you sort of got and maybe into little gem or cos when you could make little boats and like lettuce tacos or something. But when you actually get into it and you start to eat things like uh, chicory or radicchio, it's got that bitter crispiness and the redness that comes through as you get into autumn. Or as you get into winter, you look into some of the young Asian greens, like young tatsoi um, or uh, mustards and red frills and those sorts of things. You realize that lettuce doesn't have to be covered in Caesar dressing to taste of anything. It has its own flavors. It has different textures, has different tastes. And so it's actually really an an exciting thing to grow. Although it sounds dull, it's really, really exciting. Yeah. And you know that they say that we eat with our eyes, don't they? And it's so true when you actually look at a really interesting uh, salad bowl. I mean, with with my herb growing hat on, um, you know, there are so many cut and come again salad herbs that I've got really into. Mm. Um, by the time this podcast goes out, you'll probably better go back and look at the food grower Instagram page and see what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, varieties like Burnett salad or, yeah. as you mentioned, the uh, the mustard, the mustard mm. red giant yes. or even mustard wasabi. Yeah, which oh, it's gorgeous. And they look so different to each other. And they do make salad a little bit sexy, mm. you know, like for yeah. me, the same as you, Chris, salad was always something that I used to have on the side of whatever else I was having. Mm. But I don't want to worry anybody listening, but growing food actually messes with your head a little bit. I mean, I've actually had salad <laughs> for lunch, you know, the last few months. So what can I say? Grow your own salad and it, it, it will make you, it make you look at your plate slightly differently, I think. Well, you you touched on something really important there, the words cut and come again. Um, and most of the crops I'm talking about in this sort of five or six plants to grow are those, so kale, rainbow chard and salad. It's not you put one seed in, you get one seed out. And that's something that's really important, I think, when we're looking at the cost of living um, and also having limited space. I mean, yeah. the idea of growing um, masses and masses and fields of carrots or having two cabbages a week every week for 50 weeks a year is a huge amount of space. Whereas you could feed a family of four with two troughs outside the back door with your lettuce, six plants of rainbow chard, six plants of kale, and you've got food for 10, 11 months a year. That's that's really, really powerful. Putting aside the fact that it saves you a load of money, it's a really powerful thing. And also, if I can just say, Chris, it's not just about the money, is it? It's about the, the time investment. That mm. if you plant one of these Burnett salad plants, for example, you know that you've got your little salad factory there that's going to last for months. Yeah. So that kind of like five minutes of planting is saving you so much in terms of labor. I mean, dare I say, it's even saving you a trip to the shop. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we all all know the price of fuel, so we could do with that. (laughs) Yeah, how cool is that? Seriously. So um, moving on to the next one, and the next one I was going back and forth on whether to put this in um, because they aren't the easiest crop to grow, but they are one of the most rewarding. And considering I literally spent my entire weekend making chili sauces and chutneys, uh, I couldn't not put in tomatoes. Now, the reason I went back and forth on putting them in is not just that they're difficult to grow, which which they sort of half are and half aren't if you follow really yeah. easy steps, which we do go through in the, the Academy video that goes alongside this podcast. But um, they are quite easy to grow once you've got into it, got them established and keep pruning them. The amazing thing is the abundance that comes with them. But the other reason I didn't want to put them in is that realistically, if you spend £3 a week on tomatoes, you can only grow them for about five months of the year. That's only about 65 quid on tomatoes. So it doesn't sound like a huge amount. It sounds like a huge amount to me. My bank bank balance is a disgrace. (laughs) It certainly is. But if you compared it to my beer and chocolate or something along those lines, (laughs) like 65 quid, you don't get an awful lot of wine for. So um The other thing that it does save is that this time of the year, you get a huge glut of tomatoes. If you put a couple of plants in, say say you do four to six plants of tomatoes. And now this is the other thing. You do need a bit of covered space to do that. However, you get a huge glut at this time of year of red tomatoes. Tomatoes a little bit past it to make pasta sauces. Um, You get a load of green tomatoes that make amazing chutney, which is an incredible cost saving if you've got people who like chutney as Christmas presents. (laughs) Um, And you could quite comfortably make enough tomato sauces, chili sauces and chutneys to keep you in tomatoes for the entire year. And that's going to save you a whole nother amount. And I was just adding up like one of our shops, the amount of like a pasta sauce, um, a couple of tins of passata or chopped tomatoes and chutney that we buy through the year is like over 75 quid. So we are saving. So I'm saying three pound on seeds, 10 pound on compost. Um, and so you're looking at about 120 quid saved again. Wow. I mean, we, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, as you're talking, I'm, I was just trying to add up how much we spend on pasta sauce <laughs> a year and how cool would it be to actually use that glut and actually fill your cupboard a little bit. And the flavors so different. Like the pasta sauces we get in there are topped up with sugar, topped up with lots of different flavorings. Um, realistically, a couple of tomato plants and a few chops of your herb plants are going to make tomato uh, sauces that are way better. And something we've been really lucky, we do have a chest freezer. And so what we've been doing is literally washing a kilo of tomatoes at a time, bagging them up and freezing them. And then when we want to make a tomato Brilliant. pasta sauce straight up the freezer, it's there and it's fresh as anything. So... Um, tomatoes are in there, um, but do, uh, if you want to have a look at the Academy, do jump over there because I'm going to show you the sort of way that we really easily and quickly grow tomatoes. I'm heading over there now. I want to make some (laughs) pasta sauce. (laughs) Um, fifth crop. Again, I went back and forth on this, but I think that considering I started this by saying you could live off of kale and potatoes and we've done kale, I had to put potatoes in there. And I love growing potatoes because they do not have to take space. They can literally be grown in bags dotted around wherever you have space. Um, And when I say bags, they don't have to be the specially bought ones with the holes in the bottom. They can be the compost bags that you have just emptied when you grew the five crop, four crops I've spoken about before. Yeah, we've done this. A little bit of recycling. And it works really well, doesn't it? Fantastic. 
Um, so realistically, we probably potatoes are quite cheap. However, the ones that you grow will taste incredibly well. If you spend two pound a week on potatoes, 52 weeks of the year, that's costing you 104 pounds. You could buy seed potato to last most of the year for between 10 and 15 pounds compost about a tenner because you can keep recycling that compost um, with each bag that you do. You're saving 84 quid on potatoes. Wow. Which is mad, isn't it? It's mad when you do total these numbers up. So, I mean, I, I've already... I wouldn't have had it that much, Chris. 100 quid. Yeah, I mean, it's £2 a week, 52 weeks of the year. And you are say, spending 100 quid on potatoes, which is mad when you look at it like that. I wonder who listening to this would think that that sounds less, like a significant saving, let's say, three years ago, because it, it sure does now. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that Tesco and, and other supermarkets are available are bricking themselves if they hear this podcast because we've just taken away about two hundred something quid of their uh, of their income. But um, yeah, potatoes are so versatile, and you can continue to grow them. I mean, the idea that your potatoes for your Christmas dinner could come from your garden is a is a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Um, and that can continue. And again, like the salad, you can actually get quite exciting varieties. This year we grew blue potatoes where the inside was actually blue. We grew purple, white and red. Um, and then you get into the realms of uh, small baby potatoes, Charlotte potatoes, new potatoes and the big old ones that on a cold day like today. You start sticking the oven and covering cheese, cheese and beans and it, it's just a delightful thing. So there, they are five plants there that you could live off of yeah and save yourself a hell of a lot of money yeah so i'm gonna just throw in a quick bonus one because um i've loved doing this and the reason i'm throwing in beans um whatever type of beans or climbing beans mainly is because if you have a garden of any size or if you are growing in troughs or bags or anything this is a crop that grows vertically it grows high it doesn't take much space on the ground and the benefit is it doesn't take the same nutrients that these other crops we've talked about do from the soil. It's actually a nitrogen fixer. So you could, if you get a, a grow bag and you put three kale plants in it in the three little designated holes, you could cut another one between the two and stick a bean plant in knowing that it wouldn't take much of the nutrients that the kale plants need. It will grow up high so it won't cause problems with light or anything like that. And then you're growing beans for essentially this no price on compost, maybe a fiver on seeds at a push. And if you eat beans for about five months a year, once a week, twice a week, you're saving 50 quid. So there's a little bonus 50 quid in there <laughs> for your food growing Martin's money tips. This is starting to add up a bit. I, Chris, I hope that we've got a running total here because I do. I, I'm, I'm quite curious <laughs> just about... Well, I'm, I'm sad that it's an audio format because I want to do it in like a Brucey bonus kind of way or have a card <laughs> to turn over or a, like one of those thermometers that you fill up on Blue Peter to save money for a charity. Well, but to I anybody listening have to a this, number. We, we, haven't, we haven't rehearsed this. <clears throat> so by my reckoning, we're saving maybe, we're into the hundreds. Mm -hmm. Go on, put me out of my misery. How much are we saving a year? Go on then. I'm going to give you a number, then I'm going to tell you why it's not just about the number as well. So the number is £670 saved. Whoa. So if we think of putting that into context, that could be a hell of a lot of fuel 
to help you with your fuel bill. It could be the difference that you are being put up with your energy bill. It could be the renewal you need um, when they renew your mortgage. It could be any of these things. So that's a huge amount. But the other benefits, I think, outweigh the money. And and look, we're all feeling the pinch. But the food will taste great. It will be healthier will be getting you much, much higher vitamins with higher amounts of nutrients because you've picked it fresh when you need it. Um, remember that you lose between 50 and 75% of nutrients in veg over a week. So by the time it gets on the supermarket shelf, plus you've got the health benefits of getting your hands in the soil, getting outside, getting your family out there to to sow seeds and know where the food comes from. It's just, for me, this is why I'm so passionate about it. It's a no-brainer because you'll save money and you'll be healthier in more ways than one. Maybe we've touched on, and this is bringing it back to the money slightly, mm. but hear me out because this this idea is still forming as I'm talking. But <laughs> we're all looking for cheap days out, aren't we? We're looking for fun things to do that don't cost the earth. Yeah. Well, actually, if you take a couple of Saturdays in the winter and maybe as a family or as a couple, have a few minutes in your back garden planting potatoes or planting a few salad herbs, actually, that's a really special kind of few minutes that you guys can enjoy that really doesn't use any energy other than mm-hmm. your own. Um, and it, it, you know, it doesn't really, as you've just outlined, it doesn't cost a huge amount, does it? No, it doesn't. Now, there will be people listening that will say, well, that small amount of compost isn't going to grow necessarily those plants for the whole year. But there are little ways around that as well. And we won't go into great details, but from just those things and the things you use in your kitchen, you can make your own compost. Um, And there'll be huge amounts on this in the Academy. There is a brilliant two-part episode on making compost of this podcast. The other thing is you can make a mini wormery from just two plastic boxes and a garden tap and that's what 15 quid and that will provide you all the fertilizer you need to revamp the compost in your pots for the year so that's incredible that's just from the scraps from your kitchen this is getting a bit blue peter chris (laughs) it it is but milk uh, bottle tops going to be involved or well eggshells (laughs) so saving your eggshells washing them out and crushing them down putting those around plants or as a natural slug repellent so it is getting blue petery, but we're finding ways that we save the money that helps food growing rack up and helps those lovely garden centers that are lovely to visit, but they make a load of money. Three quid on the horrible slug pellets, fiver for the fertilizer that you have to use every week, all these little things. Um, and that's before we get into the real blue peter stuff of saving seed um, or saving the water from boiling your eggs because it's full of calcium and watering your plants with those. I mean, realistically you shouldn't have to use water from your taps fresh drinking water to water these plants there's so much that comes out of your house that you could easily save when you have to run the tap for brushing your teeth have a little glass next to it and that goes straight in the herb plants that are on your windowsill it's it's really simple that sort of stuff and one thing that i'm doing at the moment i've literally just come off the back of um sowing a load of microgreen seeds well that uh tray is going to go it was going to my favorite windowsill to have it on because it looks pretty doesn't have a radiator below it but one of them does so i've cleared that moved the stuff and when i'm germinating these seeds they're going next to a radiator so i'm getting double the use of that very expensive energy that we're paying for at the moment wow i'm actually 
considering that I have just spent 12 hours working with her plants, yeah. I find it incredible that this chat has genuinely inspired me to go and save some money and buy, grow some food, you know? I'm glad because it's it's something that you're around all the time. So if it does that for, for you, then I hope it does it for other people. I'm just astounded by those numbers, to be honest. And I'm, I'm genuinely spending that extra 640 odd quid. Well, and, and you'll, you'll know as well that you can, I mean, the amount that we must spend on packet flavorings is unbelievable. And, and from ordering herbs from yourself this year, I've saved on that. I mean, having a windowsill full of herbs, the amount as a country we spend on those sort of vacuum packed two sprigs of rosemary to put in our potatoes each, each week for our roasties, that is upwards of ATP or whatever it is. I haven't bought it. For, I'm a bit out of touch with that. I haven't bought herbs like that for a while, but we must be having savings from those as well. And so you've got fresh flavors rather than packet flavors. That'll save a fortune. Yeah. And, and a mantra that I use very often is that I think you should grow expensive ingredients in small quantities. Mm. And what's really interesting about that mantra is how much it's changed over the last few years. I mean, when I first started saying that back in 2013, the price of food was a lot lower than it is today. And I was talking about growing things like tarragon, which I mean, it's even more expensive now, but mm. I really objected to the idea of paying, you know, a pound or one pound 20 a time for, as you say, a little plastic bag of fresh tarragon. And, you know, if you use one of our plants, maybe three times, I reckon you're saving yourself 50 pence. Yeah. If you use it a fourth time, you're saving yourself another pound fifty, And I think that's really special. But what's really struck me about this chart is that that same philosophy towards growing can now be applied to things like tomatoes, to salad, mm. because the price of food has gone up so much. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It really has. And we're having to think about how we do things a, a whole lot differently now really 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 are i mean i love the idea of i've just finished making a load of green tomato chutney i loved the idea of going down to local wilco and buying a nice uniform tray of look good looking um jars so that we could label them up and give them away as christmas presents but we we can't do that sort of thing now and and so saving things like saving as many jars as you can um and just these little things i know yeah it is quite blue peter maybe this is my audition for blue peter presenter one day um if i could say blue peter but you've always wanted to things. do it chris be honest you've always <laughs> I just def- want one of them badges <laughs> i never got one of those badges and i was absolutely yeah. addicted to the program i really was <laughs> So, well, yeah, I mean, there's huge savings there. And hopefully yeah. this this goes some way to being sort of a, a food grower's take on the cost of living crisis at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's it's something that both me and you wanted to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, because, definitely. you know, maybe as a final thing to say, you know, we know that people are worried out there. Um, I was talking to a friend who, you know, very, very calmly explained to me the mortgage repayments in a matter of months are due to go from £600 up to about 950 Yeah, ouch. Now, you know, okay, fair enough. What we're talking about here, it's not going to completely mitigate that, but the, the cost savings that you're talking about here, Chris, 
you know, they could go you know, cover maybe a couple of months of that, that increase. Mm. Yeah. And also, um, you know, it is quite stressful getting a letter like that from the mortgage company, I'd imagine. So, you know, maybe, you know, the, the act of growing mitigates against some of that stress. And it gives that, you know, gives my friend and his family a couple of nice minutes outside where they can just go, do you know what, we're doing something positive because we don't know what's going to happen in Ukraine. We don't know what's going to happen with climate change or, um, you know, what's going to happen next politically. So mm. it, it, I think it's quite empowering. It's actually quite, you know, um, dare I say, you know, quite counterculture to actually go, do you know what, I can't control all that. But what I can do is plant potatoes. Yeah, and control is the key word. You can take a bit of control of the of the things that you need for your family, and that's that's really empowering. I love that, Chris. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, next T-shirt run is uh, <laughs> is being printed as we speak. Thanks everyone for listening to this. I know it's um, probably a, it might be a bit of a difficult listen. Um, but hopefully we've put a really good positive spin on something that might be worrying you um, and know that you're completely not alone. We're, we're all thinking of this and hence why jumping on to record this podcast. Yeah, 100%, Chris, 100%. Nice one, Andy. Well, I look forward to speaking to you on the next one. Cheers, Chris. Thanks. Thanks so much. Take care. This podcast is brought to you free by the Food Grower Academy. If you want to make your food growing easier, head over to academy.foodgrower.co.uk.